What's up, friend? And welcome to the podcast. I'm Nikki Sunshine, your host, and this is Become a Relationship Badass, where I bring you powerful interviews, and sometimes it's just me talking about things, (laughs) all in service of helping you to create badass, intimate relationships in your life. I do believe that the quality of my relationships strongly affect the quality of my life, And so with that, I'm here to help as many people as I can create high quality, unbreakable, truly fulfilling relationships. Thanks for being here and let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome back to Become a Relationship Badass. My name is Nikki Sunshine, and I'm here to walk with you, guide you, hold your hand, um, learn with you, and to grow together as we explore the depths of intimacy, love, relationships, and inner self, because it's all connected, right? Y'all, I am so very excited to bring you today's conversation. Uh, This one has been in the works for a few months now, and um, I'm delighted to finally get to sit down with this wonderful man. His name is Warren, Warren McKee, and we are talking today about the importance of truly seeing your partner as they are, and loving your partner fully with all their traits. Loving all parts of someone. Um, We talk about how healing this can be and we also talk about how detrimental it can be not only to a relationship but an individual um, when you're being asked or manipulated to or... um, required to change or be different than how you are. This episode is all about learning to love and accept people as they come. Uh, We're going to give you some, Warren's going to share some awesome tips on how to kind of genuinely cultivate curiosity about your partner. We talk about curiosity as an antidote to judgment and how you can use this to really, you know, explore be curious about and explore this incredibly unique and um, beautiful individual in front of you rather than trying to fit this individual into a box that reflects how you see the world and how you want things to be. This is a really delicate place for a lot of people some of you have heard my stories, but I've, I'm familiar with this. this. This conversation has a lot of weight for me because this was me for many, many years. Um, in my 20s, I dated a, almost a dozen guys, 10 different men in a span of less than eight years. And I kind of had a recurring pattern of 
um, dating people till we, you know, slipped out of that honeymoon phase anywhere from eight months to a year. And then the challenges would come up and I would start to see the full person because my love blinders were down. And um, this is when I would start to judge them as bad, wrong, not good enough, whatever it was. Um, and then I would either directly request them to change or try and change them. None of these relationships worked out, <laughs> by no surprise to me. And now I'm in a relationship where I have had the magnificent opportunity to continually discover new things about my partner. And, you know, some of them are are really easy to swallow, so to, so to speak. It's like, oh, cool, yeah, I get down with that. I agree with that. I'm that way too, you know. Um, some things I learned are harder to take in. It's not how I see things necessarily or how, how I would do things, right? But it's who he is. And um, so each each day I, I get to learn more how to honor who he is and let that be okay. So, yes, I'm. this episode is really powerful to me. Um, Warren just has so much goodness to share and he shares a lot of really awesome examples um, from his own relationship he's engaged. So um, though that's, I, I really appreciated that. That helped me put some things into perspective. So I hope you love it. And if you do, as always, please let me know. As y'all know, um, on the gram pretty often so you can find me there um, at relationship badass that's Instagram and if you're watching this right now take a screenshot of this episode and head over to Instagram post that photo on your story and tag me in it this is so incredibly helpful um, for me to just keep continue to spread the word so, and it's just awesome for me to see all those of you out there on Instagram who are listening to this. That is amazing. Um, so you can contact me that way. Um, as always, you can reach me on my website, relationshipbadass.com. There's a contact page. And um, you can leave me a rating and review on iTunes. This is extremely helpful. And uh, basically, the more ratings and reviews I have, the higher up my podcast will appear when people search something like relationships. So again, much appreciated from your girl. <laughs> Head just scroll to the bottom of the page from the app and you can leave a rating and review. It's super easy. The rating takes just a few seconds. You just click one through five stars. Um, the review takes a few minutes more. Uh, what I'd like to start doing is I'm going to read a review from the podcast each week here in the beginning. So if you would like to be featured on the podcast, you can do so by leaving a review. <laughs> so I'm just going to start from the beginning. Uh, this first one is from Mama Noli on iTunes and her her review says, Juicy, praise the relationship goddesses. Nikki Sunshine is confident compassionate and oozing authenticity she's fiery funny and committed to sharing her passion of connection with the world every single episode is full of juicy yums 
Juicy yums. Thank you so much, Mama Noli. And I happen to know who this one is. <laughs> My best friend in the world, Noelle. Um, thank you, Noelle. I love and appreciate you so much. And just drinking in that, that review. So thank you. So yes, if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, go ahead, drop a review, and uh, you might hear your name on here. All right, I think I have one more thing to share. Um, I just added a new section on my website, so relationshipbadass.com, right on the homepage. You can scroll all the way to the bottom. There you will see a form. It's an it's a form where you can fill out any questions you have for me. So I'm going to start doing once in a while here on the cast, I'm going to do an Ask Nikki Anything episode. So... Um, you can ask me anything. It can be a general question. It can be specific to your life, your situation, your relationship. It can be about relationships, sex, intimacy, life, love, um, whatever you want. So I have a form. It's on the bottom of the homepage on my website. And there you can fill it out. It just asks for like your name, email, and there's a message section where you can write your questions. I will read the questions on the podcast, but I will do it anonymously. So confidentiality is there. And yeah, I think this is going to be fun. Um, I'm not sure exactly when my first Ask Nikki Anything episode is going to be. Probably in the next like five or six episodes. But um, I'd like to accumulate some questions to pull from. So head on over to relationshipbadass.com and leave me your questions. I'd love to be of service to you. Without further ado, here's my interview with Warren McKee. All right, beautiful people. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Nikki Sunshine here, and I am here with a magnificent human being today someone very near and dear to my heart. His name is Warren McKee, and he was my mentor in my 10-month intensive relationship coach training that I just completed last year. So um, I'm very honored and excited to have um, a guest with so much wisdom and perspective here today. Thank you, Warren. Um, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners, that would be great. Yeah. Thanks for that, Nikki. You're near and dear to my heart as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, besides what you've already said, I am a teacher in the relationship school. I'm also a relationship coach. That's my main primary occupation, if you will. Mm -hmm. I work with couples, individuals, I do workshops, uh, family, dog, family dynamics, things like that. Anything where there's relationship added, I help people out. Yeah. I like to call myself a love aficionado. You know, I specialize in all things love related. Ooh, I love that love aficionado. <laughs> Is that on the business card, Warren? Because uh, it's gonna be. Okay. Right now, it's an email tag. I'm just trying on some new things that feel right, and I realize I like all these little pockets of love, like neurobiology or 
just a little cool practical tool that helps you connect with someone. Yeah. And I've noticed that that's like my jams, like love. Mm. Bringing more love into the world, huh? Yeah, big time. I think it's the solution to almost every problem we can come up with. Dude, I am so right there with you. And it's awesome to hear you say that. And additionally, it feels um, hopeful to hear someone like you say that. Because I'm like, fuck yeah, we got Warren on the mission. We got people on the mission. <laughs> the revolution, as I call it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Warren, thank you for being here today with your message of love and connection and relationships. And what I really love about Warren is he has kind of, in my perception, this kind of like no bullshit, but this is going to work approach. Um, <laughs> just very direct and to the point, which really served me in my 10 month training when I had you as my um, teacher mentor. So yeah, I just really appreciate about that, that about this man right here. <laughs> also, listeners, I do want you to know it's 7 a.m., so you might hear me mix up my words a couple more times, but I'll keep drinking coffee. Hopefully it gets better. <laughs> appreciate you getting up early with me. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for working with me. It's amazing. Yeah, so today we're talking about this amazing conversation that I just love to have, and um, I guess how I want to word it in this moment is loving your partner as they are. Um, and really this can be applied to any relationship. We're going to talk about it mainly in the context of partnership, but as, as usual on this podcast, you could apply this across the board. Um, but really this idea of, yeah, loving someone as they come and, um, in my experience, the, my tendency before I became aware of this was to try and change someone into um, the idea of them that I had that would be better for us as I saw it. Um, but the problem with that was I wouldn't really get their consent. It was kind of my agenda. So um, we'll talk about this more, but that didn't really work out for me in those past 10 relationships or so. <laughs> Odd, right? Um, and so, yeah, we're just going to talk about this idea today and hopefully give you guys kind of an understanding of what it is and, um, you know, what you can do about this. If you're listening and you're like, wow, that's me or that's my partner, that's us. Um, how can we move out of this into true unconditional love and acceptance? Um, Warren, do you have anything to add just kind of breaching what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, I just want to add to that about how normal it is, mm -hmm. like how many people I see and experience struggling with this, including myself, this is like a really human thing, I think. Mm. I've, I don't think I've actually met someone who didn't try to change their partner at all, unless this is a lesson they already had to learn and work through and figure out for themselves. Right. Yeah, thanks for saying that. I appreciate that reminder because, yeah, there's nothing wrong with you if you do this, right? <laughs> You're not yeah. wrong. There's nothing wrong with you, period. And there's nothing wrong with you for this specific reason as well. Mm, yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, let's just kind of um, start by, for the listener, giving him an idea. So what is, maybe you can describe based on your experience in your own life, in your business, um, 
what does this kind of like look like if you were to describe it in layman's terms? Like you've got two partners in a relationship and one or both is trying to sort of change each other. What does that look like from your view? It can look like a lot of things. Sometimes it can be more subtle. Uh, if you're anything like me, it's probably more of the rational mind. Like, why can't you just figure this out? I don't understand why this is so upsetting to you. Mm. Whereas my partner might be emotional. And of course, you know, if I'm on this extreme, I'm not really as in touch with my feelings or really historically speaking, I hadn't been. And I hadn't really gotten to the point where I'm like, just dropped in with those things. You try to shut them down or not feel them unconsciously. So of course I attract the opposite, right? Someone who's very intensely in their emotions. Yes. Them all the time. So for me, it would look like, uh, I don't understand why you're so upset. Why can't you just be chill? Relax. Um, I don't, in my head, I'm like, I don't get it, man. She just can't figure this out. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I love this example for, especially for the listener, because when I hear trying to change your partner, what comes to my mind is something fundamental. Like you like to smoke pot and I don't want you to, or you like to play video games and I don't want you to, or whatever it is. But what you pointed out is even asking our partner to change in every single moment. Because the example you just gave with Cami wasn't so much of a, um, well, I guess it kind of was, she's emotional. But you were saying in a moment, you can choose to say, why can't you just get over it? And that is asking her to change in that moment. She's in her emotions. You're saying, why can't you just not be in your emotions? Is, yeah. that, is that what you were saying? Totally. Yeah, I'm like, why can't you be like me? Right. More like someone you're not. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so powerful. So yeah, really what I'm gathering from this is we can ask our partners to change fundamentally. Um, we can also ask them to be different in a, <clears throat> in a single moment. And my projection right now is that both of those have some sort of detrimental effect. Whether totally. You, yeah. Okay. 100%. Yeah, like I have felt judged when she asked me to change. Hey, I wish you wouldn't check out as much, you know, like watching TV or something. Mm -hmm. uh, I want you to connect with me. Or if I'm working, she'll literally have me try and talk to her. And I'm like, really? I'm like, <laughs> Listeners, check out episode 10 with Matt Ford if you're wondering what it's like for a man to be interrupted during his flow. <laughs> his work state. <laughs> and on the flip side, you know, her being upset about, you know, that interaction, and I might be like, hey, well, can you just deal with that on your own? Rather than you know, later on addressing, like, hey, I can see that me working on the weekends in these extra hours has an effect on you. Right. Okay. So yeah, let's, if you don't mind, let's kind of roll with this example since you've given it. Um, sure. So let's say, so this is you and Cam, you're in this situation. I'm guessing other couples can relate where maybe this is a common occurrence. You're working and she wants to connect. And so this experience happens, let's say, reoccurring. You'll, you'll be working, she'll come up, hey, can you connect? You feel like you're being asked to change and it, it causes this dynamic. So where can a couple like that start if they're listening right now, they're resonating with what you're sharing and they're like, damn, that's me. That's, that's us. Um, what comes to mind right away as like, all right, we've just identified we have this sort of pattern. What, what can we do now? Yeah. And I'll, I'll lead with, it's really hard to make any of these changes unless you're both developed enough to see that you have to keep growing. 
Mm. You know, if you're, if one or both of you is stuck in, oh, I don't need to change. I don't need to do anything differently. Yeah. Then both of you will just stay there. It can be like an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. And if it's just one of you, it's still an uphill battle, right? It's good. It takes two partners who want to grow and change. And for myself and for the clients I've worked with and for the things I've learned from other people, there's usually enough a really common thread and that's that it can't be about the other person it has to be about you so in the example i gave where i'm working like sometimes even to like the moment i'm like oh the date starts at 7 p.m at 6 59 one more email i got mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like on our watch like okay come on come on dude seven <laughs> seven to one wait a minute <laughs> uh yeah which has literally happened <laughs> we're not workaholics it's fine not at all. Not in, that, <laughs> not in that sense. No, it's healthy. Not yeah. a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she, she, if she were to be upset by that, for example, she could immediately just own her experience. And she's done this too. It's like, hey, I'm feeling really frustrated when you work past the time that we agreed to go on a date. And this is our time. And this, I don't feel considered. She's just like really talking about her own experience. She's talking about her own feelings. Um, and when she's done that with me, I've actually been really receptive to it. Right. Uh, Versus she's not just coming in blaming you, right? Saying you're yeah. making me feel annoyed or whatever the case. Yeah, yeah. You're pissing me off. You're an asshole. Right. Uh, what's wrong with you? Okay. Um, there's more of the space of like, oh, this is what it's like to be with me. Oh, yikes. Okay. Yeah. You're totally right too. Cause I can't really argue with it. I can't argue with someone's experience. I can't right. argue with your upset or frustrated with me. Mm-hmm. How could I do that? Right. Not, validity in everyone's feelings and experience. Right. So there's nothing to argue really. Yeah. It's like something I got from Gay and Katie Hendricks. Uh, it's the concept of make inarguable statements. Mm. Uh, so rather than like trying to engage in where I could argue with you, you are an asshole. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm upset with what you just did. No, you're not. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't work. It yeah, yeah. Argue. There's not anything tangible to really argue because, yeah, my experience yeah. is mine, and you can't really tell me if it's real or not. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. I love that. Make an argue. Make an inarguable statement. Um, yeah, that's a fun tidbit. But yeah, so what I hear you saying is, like, at first for the listener out there. <clears throat> so maybe you're noticing this right now this dynamic, maybe you're seeing it in your own relationship. And what I hear Warren sharing is make it about you. So if you're noticing this dynamic and it's upsetting you and you're noticing in your body, in your mind that it's upsetting or hurtful or triggering for you, then do something like what Warren just shared and share your experience using I statements, using responsible language. Um, It's a good way to get the ball rolling is what I'm hearing. That's like a first step, like open the conversation. Yeah, definitely. And a great framework to work with that, which I think we both got from the relationship school, uh, will be the I statement. Super simple. Uh, It's like the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. Uh, It's like, I feel blank when you factual thing. Right. Yeah. When I say a feeling, I mean like an actual emotion, angry, happy, sad, depressed, not... I feel, I feel like you're an asshole. Like you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so listeners, all of our responsible, um, these are some of the tools Warren's actually going over that we talked about in episode eight, responsible speaking, but making sure to really, I'm hearing the theme is like own your experience because to what I'm feeling in this moment as, especially in this conversation, if we're having the conversation about something that's not working and I get blamey or like project onto you or put expectations onto you, it's probably not going to be able to be received very well by the listener. Yeah. So you likely won't get to make much movement in the conversation. Is what kind of it's really, it's hard not to feel activated. You know, right. when someone says you, like even just that word, especially when you're already kind of uncomfortable, it can already take you from here to here, you know, like the next level of activation. Absolutely. And then when you add to that, you are not paying attention to me. You are checked out. You're an asshole. Yes. Those things can really pull someone out of presence and into the back of their brain, that animal brain. And from there, nothing will get solved. Right. Because when we're in our animal brain, we can't, it's, it's hard to actually think in the same like logical resourced way that I think when I'm in the front of my brain, right? Yeah. You can access different things. Yeah. So it's, so for the listener, what Warren's sharing is it's actually a, a neuroscience fundamental like brain difference when you're in the front of your brain versus the back of your brain. And so being able to work with that um, when you're communicating about difficult topics is really valuable. If you know. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Siegel talks a lot about this and I think he is super in the know. I mean, he's like one of the founding fathers, I think of neurobiology. Yeah. But, uh, he talks about like how this chemical shift happens, like not even just your brain, because we can look at a scan of your brain and see which parts are alive and awake yeah. during what part of a fight. And what we see is that the front of your brain is shut down. It's not even available to you. Like functional memory becomes gone. Like you don't even remember what happened accurately. Right. You get flashes. I have experienced that actually. I <laughs> to go off script for just a second. <laughs> <laughs> I just a few weeks ago was um, talking to Warren, my partner, um, mm. about something, and oh yeah, we were having big changes going on in the house, and I was just feeling like insecure, unstable, and speaking to him about that, and I was triggered, and I was saying things like. Like basically I was convinced that people in my life, dear friends of mine, didn't like me. And when uh -huh. I, was, I was telling him like, I know they don't even like me. Like I, like, I know they just hang out with me because of you. He, in, within minutes, he helped to co-regulate with me and I came back into the front of my brain. So I had this weird experience where like three minutes later, I was back in the front of my brain and I was remembering what I just said. And I was like, that's not true. Like, that's actually not true. I know that's not true. But three minutes ago, I thought that was true. Like, I truly thought these people didn't like me. So it was a really cool experience of like, wow, when I'm triggered in the back of my brain, I can actually believe things that are just so clearly not true. Mm -hmm. Totally. I just found that so interesting. I was like, wow, wow. Um, so yeah, just another interesting antidote of what can really happen when we're triggered. Like, in terms of not being able to think logically, making up stories, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Correlation is amazing. Right. Even the situation. So that's another, we're kind of going on a little rant here, but for the listener, when you're triggered, knowing that you might even be making up stories about the situation in front of you. And yeah. so 
if you know that, you can think, all right, I'm triggered right now. Maybe I'm going to take some breaths and regulate and calm down a little bit and then look at the situation again and see if I see it differently um, because I've had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but after the fact, when you were in that state, especially for something longer than three minutes, if you were like, you've truly been blown out. Right. You can't actually remember what happened. Not accurately. Oh, okay. That's great. Yeah. So if I were like you and I were in an argument and then we were there for an hour, I would start to say what I thought you said, but in reality, I can't, I don't know. Oh, that's such a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you listen to recordings of people fighting and then with their recollection of it afterwards, it's not usually very accurate. Another example would be through three people at a crime scene, right? Let's say a car hits a person and then three people saw the driver drive away. Yeah. Often, and I used to be a military police officer, so we would see things like this where it's like, Examples of where someone had the wrong color, the wrong license plate number, even different genders of the person driving the car, even though all three of you saw the exact same thing. Huh. Even that fight, flight, or free stays, or the monkey mind, the animal brain, it's not reliable. It's there to help keep you alive, but it doesn't function the way that your rational brain does, which is, I remember details. I can pull up a memory and think of something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for this, Warren. Um, yeah, this just feels so valuable because I think for my listenership in general, if you're listening to this podcast and you're interested in relationships and connection and intimacy, knowing about what happens to us when we're triggered is so valuable. Um, just having that understanding that like, I can't be trusted when I'm triggered. <laughs> like what comes out of my mouth can't really be trusted. Um, yeah. Can be really helpful, I think, um, just for navigating conflict, which is not what this episode is about, but we talk about that often here. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that. And I will say, I'm also going to include just a link to Dan Siegel's work in the show description since you mentioned that, because he does have a lot of information on that. So um, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Um, what I want to do in this moment. So we've, we've, we've kind of been talking just in these last um, 10 minutes or so about triggers specifically and, and how to work with that. Um, before that, we were talking about kind of, these moments where we ask our partner to change in an instant, right? So you're working, I want you to connect, or um, why can't you get over it? These types of um, scenarios. I would like to also mention, because I think both of these are present probably in my listenership, can we talk about the other side of changing someone? So for me, that's more of the fundamental differences. You are this way and I want you to be this other way because I see how it's going to be better for you and us. So why can't you just be this way? Yeah. Um, can we talk about that? Have you seen this before in no. work? Okay. Um, so what I'd like to do is talk about that briefly. And then one other thing I want to talk about is like, where's the line? Because I can see my listeners saying, okay, well, my husband has a, a cocaine addiction. And it's obviously not good for him or us or our kids. And he's, you know, spending the money and he's not responsible, blah, 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 blah. Um, so where's the line between like asking your partner to change in a way that is going to have them feeling unseen and unloved and calling your partner forward to be perhaps a more, um, just show up as a stronger and more aligned human. Yeah. Yeah. 
cool. Yeah, well, that's a great example. Pretty extreme too. It is, yeah. It, well, really, I mean, addiction obviously is its own beast. So trying to change through addiction can be a grueling long-term uh, thing. It's not normally going to happen overnight. There's not much you can just say to someone to get them to change. It has to come from within them. Yeah. Without that, a lot of people stay stuck. Uh, and I'll, to add to that, this is probably the, if you don't get anything else from this, I hope that someone gets this. You cannot change other people. You cannot. It's impossible. It's actually silly to think you can because you're not them. You're not in their head. You don't know what motivates them fully. You don't know what they're thinking. You know, we're not mind readers. We can hold this bigger view, though. We can hold this bigger view of ourselves, our partners, the relationship, other people. Right. And I think it's this holding of the bigger view that you can literally help promote the growth from both of you. Uh, for me, that looks like equal parts support and challenge. Something, again, I got from Jason Gannis there. Mm -hmm. And it's basically supporting you and like, hey, I see that you might be struggling. What's like with cocaine addiction? Like what's going on here? And can you see challenge is that this is affecting our family negatively? And if this doesn't change, I will leave you. You know, and it's not that you're threatening the person. It's like, that's the reality of it. Like, what's the truth? I mean, my guess is if I'm in that situation and I got kids and my wife was addicted to cocaine, uh, let's say Cammy was, you know, I'd be real with her. Like, hey, there are some things I can accept in the world and there are some things I cannot. And if it's something I cannot accept, I cannot simply accept this thing, then I have to honor myself and my family to do something about that. Mm. You know? And so it's like a dance of, you know, there is who you are, but there's also some things who we are that's kind of bullshit. Totally. Yes. I love that. And what you just said, I think this would be helpful for the listener. Um, there are some things I can accept and there's some things I can't. So what I'm almost hearing is this is going to be different for every person where this line falls, you know, that of, okay, what can I accept and what can't I? And so for each individual, it's up to you, the person to get clear in yourself. Where are my boundaries? Where are my non-negotiables per se? Where are my limits? And then when something comes up, that's like, you know, cause maybe there's a difference between, oh, that's kind of annoying, but I can, I can hang. And this is making, this is not safe. This is, this is a boundary. I'm uncomfortable, whatever it is. When you find that thing that crosses the line, essentially what, what Warren just did so beautifully, which is responsibly communicating what you're feeling and what this line is for you and what needs to happen for you to, to stick around or to be okay. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like sometimes, sometimes the ending of the relationship can be like a come to Jesus sort of moment, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm religious or anything, but it could be something that brings you to like an awakening of, whoa, my behavior is leading to the relationship potentially ending. Totally. Right. Kind of those, um, yeah, those awakening moments are where you, uh, big shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now this is like an extreme example, though. I don't want people to get confused with, uh, I have a boundary around my partner being addicted to drugs and you watch too much TV. Okay. Can you roll Maybe. with that for a minute? Just yeah. 
that kind of example? Okay, so we've got the one partner who watches way too much TV according to the other partner. Yeah, I mean, I've been this guy big time because I'll be honest, I love shows. When Game of Thrones came on and I'm like, oh my God, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I'll just lose myself. It's like I live in another world. And then yeah. for other people, it's, I'm probably not present at all to their experience because yeah. I'm not. And I'm like in my own experience, I'm in the show, I'm in this realm, if you will. Yeah, yeah. It'd be easy for my partner, Cammy, to feel dropped, to feel alone on the couch, if you will. Like, where to where to go? Anyone yeah. in there? Right, right. Because when you're enthralled in the show, this other reality, you're obviously not as present to her, which makes yeah. sense. Like almost zero, I'd say. <laughs> so could you, uh, would you be able to, t like, how have you guys navigated this? Has it come up at all with her? And then like, what does that look like for the person out there who's like, okay, my partner's not addicted to drugs, but they do do this thing that annoys me sometimes. Totally. I'll give an example from her and then my perspective too. Okay. Because I can only talk about my experience. Uh, yeah. I don't really, really understand what's going on for her all the right. time. Um, Thank you. But from what I do know, it seemed like she came from a place of accepting that this is something that I need. You know, like this is, there's nothing wrong with like releasing energy to check out, if you will. Uh, in fact, in some cases, it can be healthy. I think so. Um, and I think there's, that's where the line starts to be there. You know, like how can I accept that my partner actually needs this? that this is something that maybe by them doing it, they can show up more with me. Mm. Uh, versus if I watch TV every single day for four to five hours a day and I'm skipping hangouts, I'm not hanging out with people, I'm not making time with you, my partner, right. then I can say, hey, I need time with you. And I've noticed you've been watching a lot of TV and I'm wondering if we could schedule time together every week. Or you know, once a day we spend half an hour just talking about our day or an hour. Right before you get off work, hey, I really it's important to me that I connect with you. And the challenge we come in, I see watching TV a lot here, and it's when I don't see us hanging out and I see you watching a lot of TV, I start to feel lonely, I feel hurt, I feel alone in this relationship. And I'm wondering if we can come together and make a plan around this. And the person still might be defensive because you're talking about something that they might feel sensitive to. Right, right. If that's perhaps someone else has come to them with this thing before, so it could be sensitive. Yeah. Um, they're I, probably tracking it themselves. Right. Even, even more possible. <laughs> Maybe a little shame going on if you bring this up and they're already noticing this in themselves. Um, so yeah, what I what I heard, gathered from that, this first piece is like, I love what you said about Cami just learn to accept this piece of you because this is who you are and there's nothing wrong you know we all have our modalities of checking out whether it be tv facebook sugar movies whatever <laughs> a fiction book you know who knows um yeah. so this first piece i hear is acceptance so for the listener what i want to leave you with on this first piece is tr like try it on that the thing you've been judging your partner for is maybe actually okay. And so maybe you, so let's just playing with this example we've been talking about with Warren, maybe you in the relationship just see TV as a bad waste of time, you know, ex exploitation of energy and just sucks people in and pulls them from reality. And, you know, you have this whole story of why TV is bad. 
try it on that whatever, fill in the blank, whatever you've been judging your partner for, TV, video games, hanging out with the guys, whatever it is, being too emotional. Um, maybe that's just okay. So that's the first piece I really like um, because I think when we create a story, I'm relating to your example because I used to be someone who really did judge TV. Um, I was like, oh my God, that's so, like, how could you even do that? Well, you're just trying to, you know, totally check out. And I had this whole story of why TV is bad. Mm -hmm. I like to get down on my case files at the end of a night and unwind. Mm -hmm. Like, it's amazing. (laughs) It helps turn my brain off, especially, I know we're both in the process of building businesses. That entrepreneurial brain can go all night. I love it. It's like, cool, I like the checkout at the end of the night and then I get to go to sleep. (laughs) I see both sides of how, oh yeah, I could see how a couple years ago I would have judged you hard and made your habit wrong. Now I can see with perspective how it's, there's nothing wrong or bad about it. It's just two different people doing two different things. Um, So yeah, my first, I implore you to try on acceptance as the first piece. um, If you're in this dynamic listener. Now, the second piece I heard is maybe you can accept the habit, but maybe it's not working for you in the way it's going down right now. So you use the example of someone who maybe five hours a day every day is watching TV, but they don't make time for their partner. So what I hear there is agreements. And so, hey, you know, back to that sharing impact. I've noticed you've been watching TV a lot. I support that. I want you to have your TV time. And I'm feeling you know, forgotten about over here. We haven't had date night in two weeks. Um, what's up, dude? What's up, lady? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, this kind of acceptance and agreements. I really like that to kind of approach this. Feels really good. Um, I want to add to that actually. Um, so like a next lever, lever, <laughs> a level of <laughs> acceptance could be if I'm seeing my partner, for example, really get into a TV show and they're really into it. Maybe I don't understand it that I get curious. I'm like, Hey, what is it about this TV show that you like so much? Like what's the, what's the plot? Like, can you give me like the bottom line? What's going on there? And like, Oh, I really like the fantasy of this realm. It's really cool. Uh, there's so many dark twists here and there. So it's not your old school, whatever fairy tale, like really get their world, you know, get to know them here. Because this is, believe it or not, like it or not, part of who your partner is, that they enjoy this thing. Right. And it's easier to feel accepted if someone feels like you understand them, if you understand their thing. Totally. Right. So you're, now you're speaking to curiosity is just what comes up. So listeners, you've heard me say curiosity is the antidote to judgment. So maybe you walk in the room, you see your partner watching that Game of Thrones again, you notice in yourself, you start to judge them a little bit because that's not your thing. What an awesome opportunity, as Warren just so beautifully demonstrated, to get curious. Huh, you know what? I have no interest in this show, but he loves it so much. Why? What is it about it? How does he feel when he's watching it? What does this time mean for him? Is it time to escape? Is it time to relax? Is it time to enter a new world? Um, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. So, so we've got this acceptance agreements and then this third, um, level Warren just described, which is just get curious about this thing that your partner loves, whether it be the, the TV show, the video game, the book, the, you know, the activity. Um, yeah, get curious. I just love that because curiosity builds intimacy, right? (laughs) 
Totally. Yeah. And do it during the commercial break or after the show's done. <laughs> <laughs> And now for a quick word from our show sponsor, Relationship Badass. Are you tired of feeling frustrated, caught in the same loop, fighting about the same thing with your partner over and over again? Are you ready to feel empowered, clarity, strength, in the way you hold and carry yourself through the world and in your relationships? Do you desire a sense of unadulterated self-understanding so that you can show up fully and authentically in all your relationships in your life? This is just some of the work I do at Relationship Badass with my clients. There is so much to explore within you and all the love you could ever need is right in front of you. Help me to help you to live the most empowered, grateful, flowing life you ever could. Head on over to RelationshipBadass.com to set up a free 30-minute curiosity call with me, Nikki Sunshine, today. Aside from that, you can check out my free blog posts, videos, podcasts, and you can just learn more about what I do. I also have programs that are often offered seasonally, and so you can get information on those as well. Head on over to RelationshipBadass.com today. <laughs> Back from our little little break. Um, so yeah, we, we, so we've kind of talked about all these different ways that this, um, dynamic can show up where one person's asking another to change, to, to change. Um, we've gone through a lot of that. And so, um, what I want to ask you now, Warren is I'm actually going to ask two questions, but I'll start here. So what in your opinion, experience are the possible, like negative or detrimental effects on an individual or the couple over time if, let's say, this is going on for years and years. So let's say you, your partner's been asking you to change for years in one of the many ways we've described today. Um, what are kind of the effects you see on the individual and or the unit over time if this is just happening and not being addressed? Yeah, I think it can be a few things and it's really subjective. But I'll give an example of my own self here uh, with my partner. I was basically standing in judgment of how she um, can be so emotional, so emotional. She's very in touch with her feelings. Uh, and it can happen at a flip of a dime. Yeah. Which is something that I'm just really not familiar with. You know, I'm not that way. I, uh, I'm not used to being with someone that's that way. Historically speaking, a lot of my other partners weren't as like emotionally in touch. Yeah. So I would make her wrong for that and kind of shut her down. Like uh, not really directly. It was more she would get emotional and then I would kind of become unavailable. Mm -hmm. Oh, here we go again. She's sad. She's angry. She's doing her thing. Yeah. Really standing her divine feminine, you know, feeling that mm -hmm. strong connection to her feelings. 
And I think over time she started to, I basically trained her to not be as open with me about what she's feeling. That way, I think she started to resent that fact. So I was put, creating this dynamic where she, it wasn't safe for her to be herself. Mm. And then eventually that led to uh, like her having, I think, a harder time sharing her feelings with me that weren't so intense even. Like okay. how she might feel about a subject that's not super intense. Um, she, I think, got, she felt very challenged sharing what she felt about something with me. Because Even she if it was simple. Your reaction, because sometimes you would maybe judge her. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she felt my judgment because I'm not like we're interacting with her. I'm not uh, being open to her, right? And also probably saying things that were, were judgmental. You know, I can't think of a great example right now because I probably wasn't in my right mind at the time. Right, um, right. But I probably got activated, judged her, shut her down, and. On the long term, I think that can lead to a feeling of disconnection. Um, and eventually, if you're sitting here judging your partner, like I was, you know, she's not doing anything wrong. She's doing the thing that I initially fell in love with her for, mm. uh, which can so often become the thing that we loathe about our partner yeah. when we're not accepting them. Yeah. I like it 90% of the time, but this 10% of the time, I don't know. Right. Big yeah. time. Isn't that interesting? My favorite example is the comic of what you just spoke to where, oh, I love his sense of humor. And then it's like, well, God, he can never be serious. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that thing we loved becomes the most annoying thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, was there more in this thought? Otherwise, I'm going to extract some things from what you just shared. Yeah, I think it can lead to the relationship killer. Um, this mm -hmm. is when you feel contempt for someone. Uh, whenever you feel contempt for your partner, that's when it all comes down around you. That's when it's uh, probably uh, almost a guarantee that it's gonna end. Yeah, I feel the same way about contempt. I just wrote a blog post about this. I call it the killer of intimacy. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, cool. That's so interesting you said that. Um, yeah, okay, so to kind of pull apart what you just described. So for the listener, you know, okay, cool. So what if I judge my partner and, and don't accept them as they are? What, what's really the big deal here? Um, Warren just shared really to me what's probably a pretty common example amongst people or, or that that's pretty simple. It's not even that extreme. But what I'm hearing is, so what can happen is, if one person's being judged over time, they can start to internalize that judgment and perhaps resent the other partner. And in, in the case of Warren and Cammie here, like maybe even start closing themselves off to vulnerability and intimacy because they expect to be judged. Um, and what's, what's key here is like, you guys didn't talk about that, right? It just started happening naturally. Like she didn't say, I'm starting to resent you. I don't want to share anymore that just started happening on its own. Is that right? There were brief moments where she could say, I don't know how to show up here. I don't know what to share okay. with you. Gotcha. Um, she was just trying to test the waters, but I don't think she could unconsciously feel or say what she was feeling. Right. You know? Yeah. So this, this can kind of happen without your awareness. Um, listener uh, is, is kind of what I'm hearing. So then over time, 
you know, she's not sharing as much, she's resenting Warren. Um, over time, this can lead to this, as me and Warren both kind of describe it, he calls it the relationship killer, I call it the intimacy killer, this contempt, right? Because if I don't feel that I can be myself and share myself with my partner without him judging me, I might start to judge him because of that. Like, wow, what an asshole, he can't hold any space. And, and um, for those of you that don't know, contempt is like the um, lack of respect, like, not, like no, not having respect for someone, essentially. And so, um, yeah, over time, it can just lead to this underlying resentment, contempt kind of energy I'm feeling between two people, which can just essentially kill the relationship and kill the willingness for the relationship. Yeah. Let me, let me grab something real quick that talks about this right behind me. I'd love that. That's what it was. For some reason, the name Gottman was escaping me. Man, why oh, can't John I remember? Gottman. Yeah, John Gottman has this institute called the Gottman Institute. I believe him and his wife are primary founders. And what they can do is they can predict with an incredibly high accuracy yeah. when a relationship will, or if a relationship will last. And what they found is the key determining factor is if they found contempt from one or both people towards the other, that the relationship was almost assuredly doomed. Like it would not last, it would end in divorce, they would separate, they would split. Because once you've gone to that point, uh, this is another Dan Siegel, I'm gonna kind of bring the two together here, but negative memory is created. You associate your partner with negative feelings, with negative, experiences because it's gone unresolved for so long that you now have contempt for them you resent them you loathe them you don't like them uh i've seen this in people who say things such as um like I, i'll have a fantasy that my partner dies or that my fan he cheats on me so then i can leave him finally mm. like where you want something to happen that will cause the ending of the relationship but maybe you're not there yet maybe you're just living in resentment and resentment's okay, but contempt is very different. Yes. Almost, uh, tell me if you agree with this, this just popped in, but contempt is almost the product of unaddressed resentment over many, many, over a long oh. time. Yeah. Contempt in relationship, at least, is usually the result of either a very radically painful event. Right. Which even that can, you can even heal from that before it gets to contempt. Like, even that's possible. Cheating, all kinds of crazy things. Mm -hmm. uh, but more likely it's the result of many not repaired fights not repaired uh, interactions that maybe he didn't go so well right. uh, and resentments that just keep piling up and piling up and you can work through resentment you you can't work through contempt and if you can you're one of the very few people it's very hard Right, because, yeah, because contempt's almost like I've reached my breaking point I'm now I just have a story about you that your piece of poop, basically. Yeah. yeah, like the example you gave, the guy who's making jokes all the time, and then he's like, he never can take anything serious. Well, if you took that, you can't take anything serious, and you feel this way, and you don't address it, you don't deal with it, you don't learn to accept him, you're eventually going to almost hate him for that. Like, yeah. oh, I can already know what you're gonna do. I already know you're gonna make a joke. I already know you're gonna not take this seriously. Mm -hmm. you talked about at the beginning, you create this avatar Yes. think this person is, but on the negative side. Right. You're seeing it so one-sided, right, at this point, because it's tinted with the lens of resentment, regret, frustration, whatever it is. Um, yeah. 
which this, this all just circles back to the importance of repair, right? In, in any relationship, always, this is what we learned about so much at the relationship school, you and I, this is what I talk about so much in my own practice because it's everything. We can learn to repair big nor small. Um, then it's like you always have a clean slate to come back to versus essentially what we're talking about is not repairing. And so we're building up one little resentment after the other until um, you can almost hit a point where it's, it's too late in essence for some people. Totally. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate to see that happen because normally, usually this is totally preventable. It's not something that's like impossible to deal with. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. I see that too. Most things I see that, tear people apart are absolutely preventable in my view had they been approached at the right time with the right skills and the right um, help guidance. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So this is, this is kind of what can happen if we, if we, um, you know, if, if someone's being asked to change over and over again or not being seen and loved as they are um, on the flip side, I'd love for you to describe what kind of, healing or growth or whatever you see can occur from maybe showing these sides of myself that have never been accepted or loved by anyone before. And all of a sudden here's this partner who comes in and says, you know, I love how interested you are in the game of Thrones. I think it's badass because it shows your, 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 um, your, your creative mind and your ability to engage in like these other worlds, you know, or just to go with your example or something like that. What happens when we're finally seen and loved for this thing that, maybe has been judged for wrong or bad in the past. Yeah, I'll, I'll give two examples uh, to build on the ones I gave earlier. So with Cami, uh, I think with her, she started to accept that I'm gonna watch TV sometimes, I might play a video game, I might go do something in the same space as you, but I'm gonna be on another planet. Like right. it's really easy for me to like leave this existence through the screen. It's like a childhood learned skill. Yeah. Um, and I love it, you know, it's great. Cause when I come back, I'm like, cool. Oh, yeah. That was okay. fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. that was really fun. Totally. <laughs> now I need to go do my job or something. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, she uh, she started to ask me questions. You know, get really curious. Like, what do you like about that video game? You like about this show? Um, and then I noticed with her desire to know me there and accept me there and be curious about me that I was wanting to do less of that. I wanted to find more ways I could do things with her. Because mm. I like that shared interest. I like that shared experience. Oh. And uh, I mean, this includes like, we find TV shows to watch together. I say yeah. Game of Thrones, we actually both like that. But there are shows I watch that she does not. Totally, yeah. So it's cool that we can find something we do, and then we can do that thing together. Um, and I still, of course, do my own thing. Right. But now I feel like I don't have to hide it. I don't feel like I have to be like, a different person I feel accepted um which to me has me wanting to check out less I was just thinking that because isn't there something about when you have to hide something that almost makes it more alluring I think about like the um the juice of like an affair that nobody knows about mm -hmm. like the stereotypical kind of scenario from a movie per se and so there's almost like oh yeah you hate when I do this cool I'm gonna keep doing it like there's almost <laughs> If you're if you're feeling resentful towards that person because they're judging you versus what I just heard you say is like she got curious and that sense of like wow you really care and you're accepting me here had you wanting to check out less so it actually probably gave her what she wanted which was more connection 
Totally. And it gave me the time I needed away from her in reality. So I could do that in a more present way, more showing up. Right. Because you got to, so for you, this, like we all probably, most of us probably have whatever our method is of kind of checking out unwinding. So what I'm hearing is because you got to do this check out unwinding, that's important to you. You were able to show up more presently for her when you two connected. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I'm not feeling judged, I have less reason to try and be away from the person judging me. Wow. Listeners, just soak that one in. That was a good one. <laughs> when I'm feeling judged, I have less of a reason to want to be away from the person. Yeah. Or when I'm not feeling judged. Yeah, that's great. Um, Okay, and then did you have another example you wanted to share? I do. Uh, again, like, I don't know her side as much, right? I right. can only talk about my experience. For, and although we do discuss all of these things in great oh. detail, there's still like the thing I'll never know, right? Exactly. Never truly know someone. Um, right. Anna Lala says that. Um, with her, I was judging her for her emotions big time. Like there was such this like intellectualization of it. Like, I can't understand why you let your emotions control you so much. I don't understand why you are so, you know, obsessed with being angry or sad. Or like, why don't you just feel and get over with it? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started to transition into like, okay, I see that she's more emotional than me, that this is her way, that this is just a different way than mine, and that's okay, because I don't want everyone to be like me, it'd be really boring. I could really enjoy that. Yeah. And I started to look at like, what can I get from this? Like, what can I learn from her? Mm. And I started to get in touch with like, okay, well maybe I'm not this emotional, but also I can see when something is alive for her. It's totally visible to me. It's not, I don't have to really guess. Um, It's right there, you know? Right. And emotions on her sleeve kind of is what I'm. Yeah. Yeah. And not all the time. Uh, it's just like when something really strikes a chord with her, she can be really touched by it. Yeah. Like on the positive end and the low end. I don't know what I'm going to call positive, negative, but like what we associate with sure. a negative emotion, like crying or being sad or angry. Right. Um, I've seen her also cry just because I said something that was really loving towards her. And oh. it helped in that moment where I might have said that to her. I don't really feel it. Right. I don't feel the impact of it. I feel yeah. only my side. I like see the impact and experience it directly. Okay. So this is where you're thinking of what can I learn here? Like, what can I get from this kind of, yeah. yeah, like, wow, how cool that I can pick up on her experience just by looking at her being, whereas for her with you, that might not be the case because you don't wear your emotions as um, loudly, it sounds like. Yeah, not as much as she does, but probably a lot louder than I used to. <laughs> right. Definitely uh, <laughs> my share of crying in front of her and other yeah. things too. Totally. But I would say on the her side of it, when I started to accept her, what I witnessed is that she was more communicative with me about what's going on. Um, and then once she knew, I mean, I, I think this is what's happening. We've talked about this a little bit, but I yeah. think this is also what's happening at my end. When I'm able to accept her in her extremeness, right, her extreme anger, her extreme sadness, um, suddenly it's not as extreme. Uh, eventually, you know, but it, it happens so suddenly. It's like, oh, now it's not so extreme. Now I already know that on the other side of this is Cammy and her rational mind, and she's just having her own experience. Um, 
and you know, I'm having experience too. It's just mine shows up differently, like in a shutdown way. Yeah. Whereas hers is more like, I'm so sad, but she would trust that I can hold her there. Right. And then she would drop it. Like it would, she would drop in with me. Uh, and sometimes it'd be even as little as five, 10 minutes. Um, after doing this for a while, right? Sure. For a while, creating the container for a while, holding this space for her that she can be herself. Yeah. However that is. Uh, uh, recently this showed up where she was really upset with me over something and all of a sudden I remember what it was, but um, yeah, I think actually I wasn't paying attention to her. Um, and that's because I just came back from something. I was feeling really checked out period. Yeah. She was really wanting attention and I wasn't speaking to that. I'm just like, uh-huh. Okay. Totally. Um, You're in your stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't say, Hey, I'm really stressed out right now. I don't have much capacity. And right. Um, so I held space for her when she did get upset. Cause that was like my warning sign. Like, Oh, something's going on here. Okay. What's going yeah. on? I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to hold the space here. Um, and I just held the space for her and I just kind of sat on the couch. She went and did her own thing. I took a time out. And about five minutes later, she came back into the living room and then put her head on my shoulder. And uh, I'm not sure if she was crying or not. She was still kind of sad, but it wasn't really intense. Yeah. I could just feel her. And then she just wanted to be in my presence with me in that moment, um, which was super sweet and easier for me to receive in that moment. Like, what are you trying to say? Like, what's going on for you? It was easier for you once she was in your space. Is that what you mean? It was easier for me to get to know what's going on for her. Like what exactly was the impact? How were you affected by me coming home, checked out and stressed out? Um, Because I had held space for her. Had I not held space for her though, I would have never gotten that. I would have never gotten that she was so hurt by that. Um, Right. Because you wouldn't figure out what was upsetting her had you not held the space. Yep. Because I held the space, she felt safe enough to come to me with what was really going on, not just these surface level, like extreme or more extreme emotion. Right. But like what's underneath that? What's really going on here? And so ultimately, you two got what sounds like a deeper connection than you would have had you not been able to show up for her, hold the space for her bigness. Um, and then she w- she felt safe now because you were able to hold that space rather than judging her and making her wrong to circle all the way back to the beginning of the episode. Um, so then she was able to come closer to you and, and really let you in. Yeah. I'm guessing projecting felt good for you to have her let oh, you yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it felt very connecting. I have my, my fiance on my shoulder, you know, holding my arm and just laying on the couch with me. And it was a really cute, sweet moment. Mm, uh, I can feel the sweetness over here. I have tingles. And it makes sense to me that she wouldn't share that though, had I shut her down earlier. Right. Like if you can't hold me in my entirety, then why would I bring all these little intricacies and nuances exactly. of me? And like you mentioned, you're almost training someone at that point if over and over again they can't bring you mm-hmm. their 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 bigness, so to speak. Um, you're kind of almost subconsciously training them, okay. He can't handle me. She can't handle me. I, you know, like there's, there is no space for me to bring myself here when I'm not put together and organized and in my adult and brain and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really. I love oh, sorry. Go ahead. One more thing here. I think it's really easy as a guy, especially, to make that wrong, because our bigness shows up in so many other different ways. Yeah. Uh, like for me, I can be 
really uh, passionate in a conversation. I can be really like convinced I'm right. Uh, <laughs> finding passion with I'm right, you get like this fervor that isn't necessarily fun to always receive. Yes. Um, but it's less, it might be less obvious to other outsiders looking in or even to me because I'm not yelling. I'm not mm. crying. I'm not uh, huffing and puffing. But I am like uh, ostentatiously uh, just sticking to that point, like again and again and again, almost obnoxious. Um, just like, whatever, no, this is the way. Uh huh. Yeah, that's kind of the way. I love that you said that. Um, this is mine and Warren's dynamic too. I am a water mm -hmm. sign. I'm extremely, mo I mean, you know this, you've been with me. <laughs> I can reach, like Cammy, you said, like flip of a dime or something. When you said that earlier, I was like, yep, that's me <laughs> laughing. Yeah. To cry. And so I appreciate you saying, you know, that piece about guys, because I think this particular dynamic is probably um, a more common one for like male, female yeah. relationships out there with the female being the one really in touch with her emotions and the guys thinking like, what the hell? <laughs> Why is it yeah. such a deal? <laughs> but like you're saying, us women express it more. Um, perhaps more loudly out outwardly. Um, but what I'm hearing you say is we're probably dealing with the same amount of feeling inside the male and the oh, yeah. you guys. Like for her, that's probably really intense. Well, in fact, I know it is because she's told me so many times, but yep. uh, and even so, even not just like male, female, but I would say more of the like classic traits of what you consider masculine and feminine traits. Yeah. Um, like a, a feminine being more open and masculine being more, you know, like let's make things no change, grow, yeah. freaking do things. Because um, I see this in like my gay friends as well, where one of them is more in their feminine or more in their like open heart, emotional being. And the other one is like, let's make it change. Let's. Hey, everyone. Just want to let you know that at this point in the conversation, Warren and I lost connection. This was an over the internet interview. So, um, going to have an abrupt ending here but we're going to we're going to pick right back up in a minute. Thanks for hanging in there. Just to circle back to what we were talking about, maybe you can just um highlight that point one more time um briefly about men and the emotions where we were. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really easy for men to see uh, an emotional outburst as like this intensity, this extremity. But it might be hard to see our own sometimes. An example I'm giving here is in myself, where I'm very, I'm a very passionate person. So I can speak in a way that's very uh, like assertive and strong. Yeah. But I also sometimes can be very convinced that I'm right and have a confidence with that. So it's like mm -hmm. these two pretty confident things that can yeah. come together and make for not so pleasant conversation for the other person. Yeah. Uh, and that's my version of the extremity because I'll start getting this fervor. Like, I believe this thing It's the freaking way. It's this way. And this is how it is. And I'll sound not triggered or activated in some way. But if you think about it, I kind of am because I'm activated by this passion, you know, like where it can be almost consuming of me where I'm like, yeah, no, you're totally wrong. And I'm totally right. This is why you're wrong. And this is why I'm right. Mm, and um, that matched up with an emotional woman. <laughs> yeah. Probably doesn't go so well. <laughs> uh, there are many a times where that battle plays out uh, in a not so fun way for either of us. Uh, right. On the other side, we're able to find connection, but 
it's it's like we all have our own thing right and if we're sitting here in judgment of someone else's thing be it emotion be it whatever we're probably blind to the fact that we have our own thing to look at as well Mm. wow so what you just said is is so powerful to me um, just through my own experience and I'm blown away because it ties into my final question so beautifully I don't know how you just did that (laughs) Um, but what I want to end on um, because we've just been talking a lot today about essentially judgment and compassion and acceptance and how to navigate all of this in intimate partnership with the person who also triggers the fuck out of us, right? So um, with ending, I want to actually just get your thoughts, ideas on something that, again, we both learned from the relationship school. And I've since then, I've heard it from so many people. I realize it's actually quite a commonly um, talked about idea, but it's that idea that what we see in others is a disowned part of ourself. Uh, I think that this this could just be helpful in navigating this. How do we accept our partners? So would you just talk about that for a minute, what you think about that and and what that means to you? Yeah, we're all reflections of the self, of ourselves. So when I look at you or another human being, there's always something I could see in myself. I just have my own version of it, which might look very different, but at its core, it's the same. And the same is true in your partnership where you're judging, you might be judging someone who watch TV or they do their thing, watch football, whatever. And what you're not seeing in that moment is this part of yourself that's in the shadow somewhere, like usually behind you or maybe in a blind spot. Okay, where do I check out in life? Where do I not pay attention to my partner? Where am I like so out there that I am probably not present to their experience? And what's my version of that? So maybe there's this TV, maybe there's this football, hanging with the guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe for me, as a woman, it could be um, watching my, uh, like what Cameo did, she'll watch these drama, crime TV shows, things like that. Um, or she might listen to a podcast, and even though the content, right, sounds like it's growth-oriented and all that, you're still not really present to other experiences. You're, mm-hmm. you're doing your thing. Right, because you're, you're listening to podcasts, podcast, so you're not here. Same yeah. You, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Or maybe you just space out in your head when people are talking, and they feel that, and then you come back, but you don't say anything. Mm. And that blip was experienced by both of you, but no one's talking about it. Right. It's like, where's your version of the thing that you're judging in the other person? Mm. And because it, it's the reason it's so easy to judge them is because you don't want to accept that part in yourself. Right. Like perhaps you're already judging it in yourself. So it's so easy to flip that around and judge someone else for the, a similar thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really love how you said like, what's your version? Cause I think people can get hung up on this trying to be very exact. I've talked yeah. this about people. It's like, well, I don't watch game of Thrones. And it's so for you, the, what Warren's saying is find your version. So what is it your partner's doing? Okay, they're watching TV. Again, what does it mean for them? Are they checking out? Are they taking a break? And then where's your version of that? Where do you check out, take a break, go into a different world? Um, and then for me, and I'm curious if you agree, the work from there, for me, if this is my life and I'm judging my partner 
and then I look and say, okay, where's my version of this? And I discover it. The next part of the work becomes, okay, how do I love this part of myself now? And then what I've experienced is if I can do that, loving the other person for their tendency that's similar becomes a lot easier if I, if I learn to accept it in me first. Yeah, I'd say it goes in a few stages. It's first noticing the thing, whatever it is, right? And then it's accepting that that is their way and I can't change them. It's so important. I cannot change my partner. You can't. You can keep trying. You'll keep getting shitty results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then accept that I do it too as much as they do, if not more. Because mm. if you're saying I do it, but I don't do it as much as you do, you'll still be judging them. Thank you. Yes. Right. There's, there's almost a manipulation in that or something like, yeah. sure, I check out, but not nearly as much as you. There's yeah. still such a feeling. Ew, I'm just, my face is crumbling. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, Mine's oh. growth oriented. Yeah. Mine's, mine makes me better. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. I listen to TV, but it makes me better. It's all about growth. Yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah, my TV shows talk about relationships. Yes, exactly. And this, just to circle back briefly, to me, goes back to contempt which is the minute I decide I'm better, greater than, more than you, is kind of where contempt has room. Because now I'm up here, you're down here. This is where contempt can sneak in now, that space and that perceived space in between us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just noticing that if, you're, if you are kind of judging your partner as I'm better than you, I think Warren and I are both saying like, that's a red flag. And you, you want to look at that because... Um, yeah, contempt, the, the killer of relationships. I love that. <laughs> there's, there's one more step, too, and I think this one could be done at any level, at any time. Okay. And that's gratitude. Mm. Not only do I accept you for doing this, TV watching, whatever the thing is, but I'm also saying to myself, and I'm grateful that you do this. I'm grateful that you do this for yourself, for our relationship that you take care of yourself in this way, that you need to do this thing for yourself, and that you will actually do it because you need to, you want to. We don't have to wait till the end, you can do it any time. Right, and over and over again, right? As yeah. often as you feel called. Yeah, practice Kami and I have every night, um, so it doesn't matter where we're at in this stage of acceptance, because there's so many things that you have to navigate through life, but it's right before bed, we're laying in bed right next to each other, holding each other, laying next to each other, and we'll say to each other three things that I appreciate about you. And then we'll take a turn. So like I'll do my three and then she'll do three. Sometimes we'll just do one to one back and forth three times. Um, and sometimes I'll, I'll phrase it differently. Like the one thing, one thing I love about you today. It's also something I'm grateful for. Yeah. So like coming back to gratitude, gratitude. So good. While we talk about contempt as the killer of relationships, what's coming to mind right now is like gratitude is the lubricant of relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just like the more gratitude, the more, mm, the more, yeah, just it's lube. <laughs> just <laughs> moving, moving and um, good. Feels good. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that fourth step. Um, so actually I'll just go through the four real quick. Um, just to recap that, I heard, I heard Warren say, okay, so accepting this is part of you. Um, this is who you are. And then, and, and learning. 
what, what was, oh, identif that's right. So step one is identification. What's the thing, right? Mm. Step two is, okay, this is a part of you. This isn't a bad part of you. It's just a part of you. How can I accept that? Then step three is, okay, where does this show up in me? Where do I have a similar trait? And then learning to accept that within myself. And then step four is gratitude, which um, Warren shared, like this can be done at any point, not necessarily, it doesn't have to be the fourth step, but just actually learning to not only accept, but appreciate this part of your partner. Yeah. Um, appreciate this part of yourself, not just like, okay, I can accept it, but I accept it and I'm grateful for it. Yeah. And to be clear, all of this is within your boundaries. So I'm not talking about accept your abusive partner who hits you. Thank you. Or accept your uh, wife who is calling you a fucking idiot all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, like that's a behavior that you might not find acceptable. So right. don't accept it. Like if this is something you truly at your core or don't agree with, or if it's abusive, or if it's completely not healthy, then I'm not saying like pull that in. Of course, be in your boundaries and honor yourself. Right. However, if it's not in that category, if it's not something that could be considered like wholly abusive or just like not in your realm of acceptance, like cheating for example, um, then that's the area that there's room for improvement. Yeah, that's a really good reminder. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not trying to encourage anyone staying in a dangerous or abusive or any sort of situation like that. Yeah, Warren's really, to go back to what we said in the beginning, as long as this thing is within your boundaries, your tolerance, your window of tolerance and acceptance, then these are the steps to proceed with. Um, if not, it looks very different. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> I'm looking at my page and like, oh my gosh, we've, there's just been so much here today. I'm, I'm um, very grateful to you, Lauren, for having this conversation with me. Um, before I have let people know where to find you and whatnot. Is there anything else you want to add as we close out this conversation in this moment? Hmm. Yeah, if you find yourself stuck in judgment and you're having a hard time seeing the other side, you can always find something about your partner to be grateful for. Hmm. Always. No matter what's going on. Yeah, just breathing that one in. Thank you, Warren. Mm -hmm. I'm such a compassion freak. I just love your message today. <laughs> it's heart opening and, and compassion and understanding. I love that. Okay, so yeah, we, we could probably talk for many more hours on this and um, we're, gonna, we're gonna close out here for today. So, if you're listening and, and you're like, damn, who is this Warren human and what rock have I been living under? Um, feels. So I'm going to have Warren tell you where you can find him. Um, yeah. yeah. Right now, the best way would be learnhealthylove.com. Uh, I'm offering a free session, actually, to anyone that wants to get help on an issue, either in your relationship or your personal life. Wow. Uh, one of my titles, I guess, could be like a relationship coach. Uh, also, like I said, that love aficionado, but really my secret goal with anyone I work with is to help empower them. So it doesn't necessarily have to be around a relationship. 
that just happens to be what I have the most expertise in. Um, and on my website, you can find my packages, all that, get to know more about me. Uh, you can hear my story about how at one point I was a homeless veteran and I basically had to claw, crawl, cry, work my way to where I'm at now. It's a really inspiring story. Y'all should check it out. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually I'll have classes too. So if you don't want to do like maybe one-on-ones too much, uh, there'll be some classes. I'm working on them right now, actually. So I'm recording some pre-recorded content. That way you can do it at your own pace. You don't have to have like a scheduled uh, bi-weekly or weekly meeting with me or someone else. You can just kind of learn on your own. Okay. So you don't have classes yet, but they're in the works. Yeah, building them out right now. I have the recording, some of the recordings ready. Now I just got to clean them up. Might redo some of them. And all of it will be on learnhealthylove.com, spelled just like it sounds, the actual word. Perfect. And I'll link that in the show description, of course. Um, Warren, that's so exciting that you're creating classes. Congratulations. Nice. Um, I think any class you make is going to be a service to the world. Thanks, Nikki. Yes. Um, okay, so yeah, we'll have that website linked. Is there any anywhere else or anything else you want these folks to know about in this moment um, regarding you? Hmm. Yeah, let's see here. Interesting fact about me is that when I get upset, I try this little cool tool. I'd like to leave you all with a tool, actually. Ooh. Go use. Yeah. <laughs> I have a little class that teaches this too, but it's the same thing, basically. Um, it's called Vooing, and it's a tool from uh, interpersonal neurobiology. This basically interrupts, it's a pattern interrupt of I'm upset or I'm uh, triggered, and it can get you more into the front of your brain. Okay. Yeah. And if you want to try it on with me, Nikki, it's I would really fun. love to. I could definitely use help getting into the front of my brain sometimes. <laughs> yeah, cool. And this is like, I would like to challenge people to just try this with a partner. Try it a few times. It's silly. It's funny. It's not like what you'd expect. Um, and this is what you, you try it maybe outside of a fight first, and then you can try it in the fight. You okay. have to have context first. Like, hey, this is what we do when we fight. Like, if I'm triggered, can we voo each other? And then if you want to spell that, it's like V-U-U-U. -U -U oh, perfect. I just wrote it down wrong, so I'm glad you yeah. said it. And it's fine to spell it wrong. It's just the doing that matters. <coughs> but one of us is triggered, and maybe, let's say in this case, you were the triggered one, and I noticed it in partner, and I'm like, oh, no, something's wrong with me. Yeah. And we already have the agreement beforehand that this is what we do. Okay. So we just look each other in the eyes, and then we say the word voo. We kind of do it like this continuously to each other at the same okay. time. I'll do it first so you can hear it, and then we'll do it together. Okay. And you just keep kind of going to run out of breath. Okay. What happens is one or both of us starts laughing because it's like ridiculous and silly. Yeah. Um, but I'm not like, ah, fuck you. Ah. You're not in your animal brain when you're giggling, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> It's effective. Cool. Can yeah. we try it right here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So you do it three times, three boos. Yeah. You can do it as many times as you want. I usually do it until both of us are laughing, or it's just like obviously we're not triggered anymore. Oh, okay. So we'll just kind of naturally break up is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. ready. Okay. Vroom. Vroom. 
That is so good. Honestly, I almost laughed the first time, but I was like, let's keep it the booze. <laughs> By the second one, I was like, damn, this probably works because, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I mean, I'm laughing, which means I'm instantly relaxed, slightly yeah. in my animal judgment, protective brain, right? Oh, that's so good, Warren, yeah. for sharing that. Fuck yeah. I'm going to bring that to my Warren. He's probably going to be like, what the fuck, until we're both laughing and then. Okay, I get it. <laughs> do you and Cammy practice this? Just out of oh yeah, you do. Okay. Well, well, we don't. We practice it on our date night. We'll do it right before the date night, even if there's not a charge. That way, we're like, if we come into it, we're coming into it fresh as we can. Got um, But then we definitely do it when one or both of us is triggered as much as we can. Sometimes we don't think to because we're just too triggered. Right. If you're too in it, you might not think of this. Yeah. It works the best if like you start to notice it's happening and they're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going somewhere we may not want to go. I love this. And then just, hey, can we voo quick? Like I just can see yeah. this being such a a break in like a tense situation. Just like, hey, can we do a quick voo? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. We've gotten to the point now where she doesn't even want me to ask her. I just start doing it and because the expectation she will do it back, right? Okay, gotcha. Yes. Um, and it's funny because if you try to resist it, it's like you almost want to stay mad. Like you have to own that moment. Like, no, I want to be in this upset feeling longer, which is fine. You do. Uh, but you just like need to be aware of where you're at. Right. I love how you said that, which is fine. Sometimes we need to still be in our upset and be feeling that. Yeah. Um, so what Warren's saying is just own that if you're not up for the boo. And it's a nice tool to have in your back pocket if you both are willing to boo it out and, and maybe have a little comic relief. <laughs> Yeah. Your conflict. Yeah. yeah. And I can't remember the name of the person I got this from, but I will get it to you right after this. So you can Perfect. Put it, I'll put it in the show notes. So I like to give credit where credit is due, kind of thing. Um, yeah. I did not create this, but the people who did are uh, pretty awesome. Frick yeah. All right, folks. We'll have that linked in the show description as well. And yeah. Wow. What an honor it's been. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you again so much for sharing so much of your incredible wisdom and insight with me and my listeners. Um, I have learned so much just from being here in this hour. So yeah. And there it is folks. My conversation with Warren. I would love to know what you think. Did this conversation serve you? what resonated with you, what did not. I'd love to know. My personal feeling about this topic is that it's such a crucial fundamental piece to building a mutually thriving and fulfilling relationship that everyone and anyone could benefit from listening to this particular episode. But as always, I want to know what you think. So head over to Instagram at relation bad, relationship badass, uh, relationshipbadass.com, or leave me a review on iTunes and let me know. Finally, I'd like to leave you all with a call to action this week. Um, earlier, Warren and I talked about the idea that what we, what I judge in another is an disowned part of myself if you remember that part of the conversation about one hour into this episode um, 
Warren said something about find your version. So your call to action this week is to first identify a trait, a trigger, a behavior that is annoying to you in in your partner. So something they do say, some, one of their traits that you judge in them. Okay, this could be anything from how many times a night they drink to the food they eat to you know, watching TV, to their job, to their friends, anything. Um, find one that feels charged for you. And now the second part of this is to get real, look inside yourself, and find where you exhibit this same trait. Now, like Warren said, you might not exhibit the same trait. So rather, I'm asking you to find your version. So if you judge your partner because they check out and watch TV every day of the week, five nights a week, you could look at your own life. Maybe you don't watch TV, but maybe you scroll through Facebook for an hour a day. Okay, so you have your own version of kind of checking out from reality. Um, so I just want to make it clear, it might not look exactly the same, but we're looking for what's my version here. And so once you figure that out, just own that. Say it out loud, write it down, share it with someone if you're feeling extra brave. Own it until you feel in your body that you've owned it as yours. And in doing this, we can help bridge the bridge the similarities between us all like oh yeah we're all kind of the same in the sense that we all have these human imperfect traits that make us so uniquely human right I think ultimately doing this can help you gain some compassion for the way your partner or this person whether it be a roommate a friend a family member is All right, and of course, I've um, there's information on how to reach Warren in the show description, as well as some links from things uh, we referenced in our conversation today. Um, so yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for bringing your open heart and your open mind and being willing to learn. It is such an honor to be here with you, to bring incredible guests on so they can share what they know with you and me. And I get to learn and teach and just be in this continuous dance of growth with you all. It's a complete honor. So thank you. I love you. And I'll catch you in the next episode.